Hey, good evening, everyone. John Henry Soda here along with George Batista, and welcome to tonight's show on Counterparts. We're going to be going over some of these characters that just feel like nails on a chalkboard when they enter a scene. But we love them because they're part of Star Trek, but there's a part of those characters that we just cannot stand. And we're going to talk about it today. We might go to, we had a heated conversation last week. It might get heated again. So stay tuned. It's going to get hot. So, good evening, my friends. What's up, George? Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm all right. Good, good. So, I'm um, all right. I'm all right. Who is that? Um, that was Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. So, um, we uh, have a great show tonight. Uh, it was actually a fun show to research because it's one of those, uh, I guess, off-the-wall things that generally people... I think YouTube does a lot of them, you know, but I think they, they take a different approach to it. Um, and I, I think that's what we do. I think that's why, that's why we do this is because we we take a different approach to these. But these characters that we're going to be going over tonight is going to be a lot of fun to, to see. Um, and the fun part is I don't know the five that George picked. He doesn't know the five that I picked. We might have some of the same. We might have a completely different list of just characters that just really are just annoy us and that we don't, um, you know, and not to disrespect any of the actors, but sometimes a character is developed and created that really doesn't fit the bill or just doesn't fit. So that's what we're going to be going over today. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, what are we doing first? You want to do some news or you want to do some trivia before we, uh, well, do you want to, do you want to just, uh, Oh, we have some shout outs, don't we? Yeah. You want to do the shout outs or you yeah, want to say give also, your shout out first and then I'll, uh, do, I'll do mine. Yeah. So just really quick, I want to give a shout out to my, my buddy, Charles McNamara. He's got a YouTube channel called CM fire and life safety consulting, um, where he talks about, um, he talks about, you know, fire safety and first responders and, and keeping first responders healthy. And uh, I had a chance to be on his show last uh, Friday talking about how to help first responders with health and nutrition tips and stuff like that. It was really, really cool. So just want to give a shout out to him. Check out his uh, his YouTube uh, channel at CM Fire and Life Safety Consulting. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, my uh, my shout out is to a friend that I've, I've spoken about before here, um, Paul Williams, who's uh, who I've met many, a bunch of times, and just a really really uh, great inspiration to me. For those that don't know him, I guess you would probably know him most famous for writing a Kermit the Frog's uh, a Rainbow Connection song, right? <laughs> so, um, but he's but he's also an, an Academy Award winner for for his song Evergreen with Barbara Streisand, and he's won a bunch of Grammys as well. Anyway. But um, I sent him my uh, my film that I finished a um, couple couple weeks ago, and he gave me this wonderful wonderful review for the film. He really loved it, and he was very insightful on what he liked about it. So I, he he watched it and he really paid attention, which was like freaking awesome. So anyway, Paul Williams, thank you so much. Love you, appreciate you, and uh, yeah, cool. Those are our shoutouts for for the week. All right, so let's get started here. Um, we're going to be doing some trivia. Last week's trivia was 
who was going to get that? No one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like super hard. Um, so this week, I don't know what's it, uh, how it's going to be, but George, why don't you give us some trivia and maybe instead of making it a 10 difficulty, maybe make it like a seven. <laughs> Come on, man. I only, right. I, I could only deal with the twos anyway. All right. Actually, this is, I mean, if you know Star Trek history and why actors got their roles and that type of thing, then you'll know this answer. Hmm. Okay. All right. So let's see. So, John, before Leonard Nimoy was offered the role of Spock, oh. it was offered to another very famous actor. And he turned it down, really? obviously. Who was it? Woody Allen? No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's crazy. Everything's crazy. I'm so serious. <laughs> it's illogical. Um, no. So, hmm. I mean, because I could, I could take a couple of stabs because of um, you the may time get it. period. Yeah, you may get it. Yeah, and the actors that were around at that time, and mm-hmm. um, perhaps, and I feel like I remember something of it. You know, it's like one of those, um, it's like one of those questions, like the Wizard of Oz question. You know, like, right. like um, what's the name? I think it was Ray, uh, um, what was it? Ray Bulger. I think Bulger. I think was given the actual role of. Oh the, yes, yes. Of the Tin Man, but Man. it was originally, right. um, what's his name? Um, it was originally Jones. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be the yeah the guy who played Barnaby Jones, which his name escapes me, but he was allergic to the to costume. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and then he ended so, up. Uh, that was uh, that was kind of a um, yeah. What was his name? Buddy Epson. Buddy Epson. Good job. Good job. Um, but yeah. So um, okay, that's good. That's a good one. I see it. It's not a ten, so it's it's probably no, a it's seven not, or eight. But it's still up there. It's like probably like I would say I would say it's about a eight. Okay. In difficulty, out of ten, one okay. to ten. So good. Good, 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 good. All right. Um, and I also want to uh, shift gears just a second. Um, you know, Ed Asner passed away a couple of days ago. And um, yes. he was, I mean, was he ever bad in anything? No, no, Never. no, no. This guy was a premier actor, uh, top of the line, always gave, always brought his professionalism, you know, from what I've heard uh, stories from other people that I've spoken to. He was like the complete professional um, and just a real pleasure to watch. I mean, who didn't, who didn't remember, you know, you know, with uh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore and uh, you got spunk kid. Yeah. She's like, Oh, thanks. I hate spunk. (laughs) You know, it's like classic, you know, and then, and just everything else after that was just always great. So um, rest in peace, sir. He was one of those guys. Yeah, he was just my one little thing. He was one of those guys that was equally proficient in comedy and drama. Yes, yes. he could. Yeah, he could do it all. He kind of reminded me a lot of, um, you know, um, oh, Archie Bunker. Um, oh, Carol O'Connor. Carol, Carol O'Connor. Yes. Who did this amazing comedy, but then he turned and he did uh, In the Heat of the Night. Right. Which was right. like freaking phenomenal. You yeah. know, I was blown away by his performance in that. And he did a bunch of other dramatic roles as well and he was a dramatic actor even before all in the Poland family That's right. but um yeah excellent so those guys um yes he um keith says great and and lou grant, lou grant. right yeah I mean, classic classic you know yes. it's never really uh i never i can't remember anything that i ever saw that I was like 
he wasn't good in. You know exactly. What I mean? It's exactly. like solid actor. So we'll miss him, but he was here and we're grateful to have his, uh, his work with us. Um, all right. So we're going to move on to some, uh, no, we did trivia. What are we doing? I should probably News. write things down. Yeah, you should. News it helps. Um, I used to do that when we first started, and now I'm just like, let's just have some fun. <laughs> um, let's do some news. Okay. And before we do the news, I like to um, bother George with this. Counterpart Star Trek news updates with George Batista. My cousin. Yes, we are related. <laughs> so, what do we got today on the uh, on the docket? All right, sir. So, actually, three pieces of news. So we'll go through them uh, fairly quickly. Something Star Trek related, which is not really Star Trek, but it's kind of Star Trek like, but we're all fans of it over here. Uh Yeah, Star Star Trek-ish. Was that the Orville has wrapped up their long-awaited production of season three. Yes. Nice. Uh, huge fan of huge fan of the Orville. So finally, they've they've wrapped the production. The issue with them was that they were actually in the middle of production when the whole pandemic started. Right. So they had to halt everything, and they finally uh, started. So on Twitter, uh, Seth MacFarlane said. And that is a wrap on season three of the Orville. Thank you to our incredible cast and crew for all their tireless and brilliant work. And I sincerely hope this is not the last time we all go into space. Yeah. Now that 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 little line kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, it means that uh, there's a certain there's something that's not. Yeah, there's something in there. the air. <laughs> yeah, there's something that's not really making it just understand that. Give us the comfort to know that it's just going to go on for at least another two to three seasons easily exactly so now the only thing about the orville that i think is good because it's very very star trek like and i think it's got enough fans that if it does for whatever reason not get picked up for the for the fourth season i think somebody else will pick it up quickly uh you know with paramount plus or you know something like that i agree so yeah yeah paramount i think we'll probably pick it up so we'll see but otherwise you know we'll all enjoy season three of that um i love that series Second thing is um, just some sad news for those of you who uh, love watching your Netflix. Um, there were going to be uh, three Star Trek series are going to be leaving Netflix. So uh, Netflix has had Star Trek series on for a very, very long time. But unfortunately, as of September 30th, will be the last day to be able to stream Star Trek, the original series, Star Trek Voyager and Enterprise. Hmm. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm not a... Um netflix uh subscriber anymore right um i won't go into the details but um they banned you yeah (laughs) (laughs) i banned them um but yeah you know so but yeah wow that's that's interesting well they'll go somewhere yeah i'm sure somebody else you know there's other ways to to watch it and stuff like that but anyway just uh just a heads up on that and finally got it a lot the, the last, I think I still have some of those VHSs. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, the last piece is ever, don't forget all you Trekkies out there that September 8th is officially Star Trek day. Mm-hmm. That's right. So we all know, we all mark Star Trek day as September 8th, which is actually the anniversary 55 years ago in 1966, where Star Trek premiered on September 8th. Um, so this September 8th, there's going to be a lots of stuff happening on Star Trek.com. Where they're talking about uh, next generations, Will Wheaton and LeVar Burton's daughter, Micah Burton, will host a series of conversations with cast members and and creators of all the five series, including Rod Roddenberry 
and uh, you know m uh, composers and all the people who had anything to do with Star Trek. And there's also going to be lots of different shows and things that honor Gene Roddenberry as well. Um, so check StarTrek.com for all the information on what's going to be happening uh, on September 8th. Sweet. Awesome. Yep. So, and that is your Star Trek news for the week. Cool. And just to add one other thing, Keith uh, Hoffman says you can still watch on Amazon. So That's right. There we go. You can watch a series on Amazon. So cool. All Thank right. you for that, Keith. And that's our news. Thank you very much. All right. So let's get started because last week, I think we our show was like, what? four hours <laughs> it felt like it felt like yeah. we're like people are just leaving they're like falling asleep and we're like but the doctor i think he's better no he's not he's a robot <laughs> just going back and forth if anybody's interested in seeing that uh whole piece i did cut edit out that one section where george and i went at it and uh, i put it on youtube so you can go to our youtube channel which is on counterparts youtube and uh Check that out because it was a lot of fun. I don't think that's going to happen today because I think we're all talking about hate. <laughs> <laughs> we're all talking about characters that we just hate is a strong word, but you yeah, know, you got certain it. characters because we love Star Trek so much, you know. But when you're bombarded with a character um, too much, uh, that's another thing that happens too, you know. Like a character, you may not like the character, but they don't come in as much, so it's okay. Right. But when the character becomes, uh, you know, it's like that Jar Jar Beans situation. Oh my god! You know? Yes. When that came on the screen, it was just a constant thing. Right. It was way too long. And after a while, you were just like, ah, this is not making it up. You know, but so some of these characters, that's what happened to me. One in particular one that after a while, I just was, uh, I would literally have to mute the TV during the, the <laughs> during some of the, the you'll, you'll see why. And it, it makes sense when I, when I explain it, but, um, but yeah, so we're going to start with our list. We're going to start a little quickly this this week because last week we went a little bit too long. Um, and uh, we're going to start, George, we're going to give you the honors to give us your number five. Uh, oh, how this works, everyone, is that we picked, we each picked five uh, Star Trek characters that, we, that kind of annoy us <laughs> from five to one, one being the real annoying one from five and um and that's how we're gonna do it so i don't know what george's five are he doesn't know what mine are um and we're gonna see what happens so what's your i'm so interested what's your number five no actually and and again um you know these just so you guys know these 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 five could be people that you absolutely like this is my personal thing okay right now my number five right <laughs> you're right that was our show last week sean thank you <laughs> i'm glad you were there I, it's funny. We just ended it yesterday. So, <laughs> oh, Keith has one that I'm, I'm interested. In. I'm not gonna Keith hang out. I'm not gonna show it just yet, but it's a very interesting one. One that he's uh, that he says it's the most annoying. Okay. So well, ahead. my my number five is actually somebody who we really didn't see a lot of in Star Trek, mm. but but <laughs> but when he came on, when he came on, annoyed me to no end. Okay, and he was actually only in two episodes wow of star trek that's how annoying to me is that the original series or yes i think i, I know who it is. and i'm sure you'll know exactly who he's gonna is. he's gonna be uh he uh, go ahead okay and that is harry mudd yes <laughs> okay yes now i will say um full transparency he's not on my list okay but man yeah. but he could have made your list yeah it was so hard for yes. me to yeah and actually yeah. i i teetered with with putting him on there but um, 
and and it's funny because I went back to torture myself again, and I kind of watched some of the little clips of him and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, in <laughs> fairness, uh, to me, personality-wise, if you if you match his personality to anyone, I would say he was Q before Q. And the reason why I say that, if you watch his interactions with Kirk, he was very like, oh, Jamie, oh boy, you know, kind of yeah. like the way Q, you know, Q was with Picard, like, you know, right, antagonizing yeah. and, you know, but his, first of all, I just, it, it drove me nuts that this was like the pimp from, <laughs> from the 23rd century. There he is, his character. And I think in the characters in the sixties, they were extreme. That looks like me now. Yeah, he does look like you, right? I didn't think about it. If you if you add on another like hundred pounds, maybe, <laughs> at but, least. <laughs> but um, you know, characters in the '60s were like, look at the Batman characters, right? The, a lot of those villains in there were like, oh, after yeah. a while, right? And he was a villain in Batman, by the way. Um, but his character just, I I couldn't stand it. Every time the mud, you know, mud's women or I mud would come on. I would cringe. Yeah, I know. Would, I, I think I watched those. I watched them, but I might have. That's probably one of the least episodes that I've ever watched. That yeah, and I and funny. I think they they I I think they overdid him, and then yeah. I for some reason they brought him back again, and I don't get it why. But um, I, I'm wondering if they wanted to make him a recurring character. I, I'm, I'm curious about that. But yeah, but um, I just. I couldn't stand him. I is is yeah. Captain Kirk. Well, I did, yeah, I was gonna say that about him. That I think there's a there's this um, sitcom from the fifties feel to him. Yes, you know, he's the next door neighbor. Right, that comes in and you know tries to borrow you know always for some sugar or he comes into met in somebody's business. Uh, um, he's the boss. You know, at at the office in a fifties show with Danny, you know, with Danny right. Thomas, right? He comes in, and he's like, "Well, we got to get our business." You know, the stats aren't good. The stats got to go up. We got to make that money. You know, he's that kind of character in this role that I thought could have been better served by someone who downplayed it a little bit because he was devious, right? You know, and he was he would have made a, a per, probably a better villain, even with the same actor. I'm saying, you know, because mm -hmm. he's a he's a veteran. You know, he was a veteran actor, very talented right. guy. Um, and but but I was definitely not um a fan of that of that character. I'm trying to now, well what's uh, interesting Roger C. Car uh Carmel. Roger oh Roger C. Carmel, Carmel yes. Carmel, yeah. But and what was interesting is that they reprised his character in uh this was it Discovery? Yes, Discovery, where he, he was he was they showed him Bigger and they would do it. But the, the interesting thing about it is when you watch Harry Mudd in Discovery, he's downplayed. Exactly. He, he's not. So if you would have taken because, that, right, that right. character and transported him into 1966 or whatever, sure. it, to me, it would have been watchable. Yeah. Because I, I think also that, uh, um, yeah, and, and Keith just mentioned that, that he was on the first season of Discovery. Yes. Right. And I think because his thing was intriguing. Yes. You know, his, his, his deviant being so deviant. Uh, not deviant, uh, devious. devious was very intrigue, intriguing to the Star Trek world. Right. So I think that would have been, been a, a better play than to have, you know, the way that it was played originally. So I'm glad that they did tone it down into a normal, more normal kind of a, a dude. Right. So cool. All right. Yeah. All right. So now, <laughs> so my number five and, and you're probably going to, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to think about it, but 
This is my. I'm just gonna flash my number five. Luoxana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, played by by uh, Major Barrett. Barrett. Major Barrett. Uh, and um, she was a great actress, also. But again, and it was funny that you picked Harry Mudd because I feel the same thing about her. She's the over the top. She's the member of Betty White in uh, Speaking of Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, yes, yes. She was so over the top. Oh, Mary. Oh, then, you know, oh, she was so too much for the Star Trek universe, in my opinion. You know, it didn't fit into the scene. I mean, here's Patrick Stewart, serious Patrick Stewart. And maybe that's what they were thinking with, you know. Yeah, like, I think so. Serious with the over the top, putting them together and seeing how they actually interact. I just thought that her character just really. It didn't do it for me. It was, it, and it also didn't stop. Right. You know, right. Usually a character and, and that's not the actress's fault. Um, it's, I'm not going to blame, I don't know who it's fault it is, but it could be the writer's fault. It mm -hmm. could be the director's fault for not saying, okay, remember in this scene now, you just went through this thing five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be in this, you shouldn't behave this way. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's what mm -hmm. a director's supposed to do. Right. right. But you, if you're, going crazy like this in one day and in the next scene this whole thing happens where the ship almost attacks and and you're almost and you just barely survive and then five seconds later you're back to the same thing it's unreal it doesn't make any sense you know of course we don't know that much of her backstory maybe she's been through this stuff a million times and that she's like mr magoo and walks into <laughs> all this uh danger and nobody even knows what the hell's going on um Yes, she she appeared on Deep Space Nine. I know that's why yes. I, I know her more from Deep Space Nine because she was on for a while, <laughs> and I was like, ah. But, but you know, uh, the, yeah. now I I it's funny. I mean, I agree with you. I think there was too much of her. Yeah. Um, I do like I I can't say to me that she was. No, I actually was entertained by her. But there were um, scenes with her and her daughter. Yes, and I think that I enjoyed. I, th I think more with her and her daughter than her and Picard. I think for me, she represents man. <laughs> right, true. In love with I, 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 I actually kind of like the big guy that walks around with her and doesn't say anything. He's like Lurch. That guy is hilarious. Yeah, I love, I love him because he's like so cool. He just yeah, yeah. doesn't say anything. But yeah. anyway, um, but I like the scenes between her and Diana because she reminds me of the eccentric mother. She well, reminds that's, me, that's what they went for, yeah. which is what they wanted. And I, and I, so I, and I, you know, I think about some of the things that my mother does, and I'm like, mom. You know, really. So she she gives me that that vibe of mom a little bit. Yeah. But I agree with you though. I think that they overdid it. I yeah. think that it's too much. And then when they started getting her involved with ship things and and Picard and and all these things, I think it totally went over. It didn't. On it that. didn't transfer her. Uh, transform her into a of a more commanding right. leader of any time. She stayed. She remained that way. You know exactly. Um, you know, in on Deep Space Nine, she had a love affair with uh, Odo. Right. You know, it was a, a little thing that they had. Um, Odo found her interesting because she was so blatantly insane, you know, yeah. and <laughs> and he was just so reserved. But, I, you know, so I, I think that's that's why they brought her because she did that with Picard. Right. So they wanted to find the same dynamic and see if that worked. Um, I'm not saying it didn't work as a whole in the series, mm -hmm. but for me, it, it is too much of, of, uh, too much soap opera, soap opera, sitcom humor, three's companies, next door neighbor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Coming and coming on to Jack tripper or something. It was okay. too much of that going on. And I just, I didn't like, that makes me sense. no like me, no like me, no like it. 
All right. What's your number four? All right. So my number four <laughs> was my, <laughs> my number four was Dr. Catherine Pulaski. Ah, right. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. Now <laughs> let, let me say that I think one of the biggest mistakes that next generation made was mm. get, was writing out, uh, the doctor, which was Dr. Beverly Crusher. They um, basically wrote her out of the series and fired her. Um, and they brought in Dr. Pulaski. Now, my issues with Dr. Pulaski is this. Um, again, nothing against the actress, Diana Muldoor, who was in Star Trek, in the old Star Trek. She wasn't an episode of the old Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, I think they made her, they tried to make her like a female McCoy. I think they tried to McCoyify her, you know, in the <laughs> right. I don't know. In the, they, you like that one, right? Yeah, um, they, I mean, she was a she was a person who who hated beaming. She had this phobia about beaming around. Right, right. Okay, kind of like she had this issue with data, where she she, she couldn't understand dealing with an android or or whatever right and you would think that by that time you'd already be a used to it's it exactly like one of a you know the first one exactly so she's like she's her. like she's got this almost like there she is she's got this like racism about her about data which drives which which bothered me okay did bother me then, i love data exactly i love data too number three is personality wise she just was like a wall to me she was so bland yeah. and then she you know she would you know, she would um, talk to Picard about this and this, but she was just so, there was nothing to her. Was there was nothing. You didn't know anything about her. They, they, you know, they didn't try to, they didn't try to show you too much about her. It was just, she was just there, you know? Mm -hmm. And when she would walk in, I was like, Ugh. you know, it was just, they, they, there was no chemistry between her and anybody and no chemistry between her and Picard at all. Even the scenes with data going back and forth with it. No, to me, there was no chemistry in that at all. So and they, and there's a reason why she only lasted one season, yeah. right? I mean, eventually Crusher they wrote Crusher back. I think part of that was the fans, yeah, the fans um, because like, you know, and oh. not that I was a, not that I was a huge Crusher fan either, but I think Crusher's, um, and we talked about this last week. Her kind of she developed as the as the series went along to be more likable right. and to be and to be a leader, where this where Catherine Pulaski was never going to be that. Yeah. She was just going to be a, a a boring doctor. That's just there. So she's yeah. just like a wall to me. So, yeah. Yeah. And Keith says, uh, one of the reasons that the original episode, the cage was not responsible for making Star Trek a show was because she played number one and thought that a woman should have a major role on a TV show. That's interesting. Is that? No, we're, that's, that's, so that's, that's gotta be regarding major Barrett. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, yeah, that's the other, that's uh, what I was my, uh, I think yeah, that's just a late response, but yes. Agreed. That was, um, that was here. Yes. 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 Um, I agree. So yeah, I agree with her. Um, I found her Pulaski. I found her uh, just not interesting. No, not at all. You know I mean, cause I mean, I, I could say, you know, at least she was interesting. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't, I didn't think it fit in, but she was interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, life you know and, and as an actor i mean again i don't i don't know the actress's work so i'm not judging the actress mm -hmm. per se but you know when, when you're you you listen to to uh patrick stewart 
deliver lines, right? And he studies the English, you know, method of acting, right? And they, they use these inflections at the end of their lines that are very, and you don't have to move your head a lot. You don't have to move, but your voice, and you can hear, you could hear him. He'll just be holding a cup of tea and be like, what are you talking about? You know, and it'll just, yeah. there'll be this beautiful wave coming right. out of that, that dude's, because he has it. She was sort of like, like even Spock, <laughs> who, who was purposely trying to, you know, be a, a Vulcan and have no, no emotions and all that. Even he had more inflections than she had, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think, you know, and and you see those things better than I can because you're obviously you're 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 an actor. But to me, she was like that that you know that square piece in the round hole type thing. She just never yeah. fit in, you know. And and um, yeah, just didn't do it for me. Yeah. All right. So my uh, where are we up to? Well, number four. Number four. You're number four. So now my uh, number four, which is probably going to be no surprise, or maybe it'll be a surprise of who it is, but it's. Uh, it's a Ferengi. Ah. Not the Ferengi that probably you thought, but <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, played by, by Wallace Shaw, which is right. Sean, which is an incredible actor. Mm-hmm. The Nagus. Um, yes. He's the guy from uh, Young Sheldon, right? Yeah, yeah. He he's he's he like plays uh, the principal in Young Sheldon. That's right. And he's a he's a character actor. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, been in a lot of things. Everything. Yes. He's he's, he's and his voice is very uh, oh yeah, recognizable, absolutely. You know, and that's what killed me with this character. It was too <laughs> recognizable. Okay, you know what I mean, it was like if you took Sylvester Stallone and put him in a Klingon's outfit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be Sylvester Stallone. And, you know, he couldn't watch it, which is when we talked about uh, Star Trek um, with uh, Christopher Lloyd. Right. Remember, we were talking about that. The voice. You know, he played a great, he did it. It was amazing, amazing film and amazing performance. But the voice, it took me a little bit to get used to because I'm yes. hearing, run for it, Marty. Right, you know, exactly. And, and all that stuff, you know, because his voice is just so distinctive. Same thing with the Nagus. Was I, yeah. Yes. Well, you know, working That's fine. Well, we're going to go there, you know. And I just, uh, it was, I would literally have to, that's the guy I would just have to, pause or, or mute the tv because i would like not be able to go get through it, it what's that frog with the with the cigar yeah, <laughs> that's an imitation from uh um you know uh carrie um what's a famous actor from um a long time ago um I want to say carrie grant but it's not no carrie no grant. no you're thinking of um, um cagney Ca- uh, yeah, yeah james cagney james cagney right you know, well, see, you know, that kind of thing. Even even before that, there were guys doing that, you right, know. So right. it was too much of that. Right. And um, I just, I could not get through the scenes. And then the scenes with him and all the Ferengis yeah. were, were just way too much. And, then, you know, the Ferengi race, or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> the, that planet, you know, I've, I've always said to me, to you, that they do not make sense. And they, they, it's not a rational civilization that would exist because of their greed right they live through profits and getting profits and even scheming one another a whole planet that has that viewpoint is just going to destroy itself we've seen what it happens you know even even in our culture in real life here you know i mean it's just not going to work and if it's built into the culture that you need to build a business and it's about wealth and it's about you know greed is good thing you know and all these things it's just never going to work. 
the, it would destroy himself. They would not exist. You know, and maybe that's one of the reasons why we don't see really Ferengi's. Uh, I haven't seen any brought up in in any of the 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 early the the, the Star Trek reissued ones mm-hmm. and all the the series. I haven't seen any. You know, maybe there they'll be planned. They'll bring one in, but I hope not. <laughs> but I and I agree with you. I think he. I think the Grand Nagus was too cartoon like. Yeah. You know, I could see like, him as a villain in a cartoon or something, but not for you know a show that that really has like a seriousness to it, you know, especially, right. you know, when they did those episodes where it was just him, you know, the, uh, the I, I can't even get into it. I, I, just, I can't, yeah, I can't even watch it. And I can't get, I, I, there were some episodes that were just unwatchable. In my yeah, opinion. I agree. They're just agree. unwatchable. Um, and we watched them cause my, you know, Pamela liked all the, the Ferengis and she liked their, <laughs> their, their whole thing, you know, um, but I, I really could not, get into i couldn't get into it and when he went when he went to the planet mm-hmm. the whole, whole episode was about them going to the, i was just like someone stop it i agree all right number three or hey who's your number three <laughs> is this gonna be one that's gonna like be shocking no 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 it won't be shocking actually i think i think you you know it's just number three if it was it was if there was a close to hating <laughs> It would be the for me this person. I don't even know why it's the number, number three, but um, is Kai Win? Ah, okay, yeah. Kai Win is I want to punch Kai Win in the face every time I see her. Okay, you know now I know you know and the the one that, the the episode that really drove me nuts with her was with that with that episode where um. Keiko was in the school and she was trying to force Keiko oh, yeah, to teach yeah. your religion in the school. And it was the whole thing, but yeah, yeah. this was a, you know, this was like kind of a religious type of leader who wasn't really even popular, even in her own culture, really no, she in, was like uh, voted out. She was voted out. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, but still tried to maintain this holier than thou attitude yeah. yet conniving and behind everybody's back. Yeah. She also, you know, tried to have, oh, oh, I just want to, <laughs> she tried to have her, her competition assassinated. What's his name? Uh, Vedic Baral. Okay. And, you know, and then, but yet tried to be, you know, with, with Kira child, my child, my child, come here, yeah. you know, oh, well, she I was, couldn't. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you saying? Yeah, no, I was saying she was very, um, she was very covert, but yes. she was very obvious yes. in her, you know what I mean? But it's interesting that you pick up it because she was a character that was created to be hated. Yes. Quite obvious. <laughs> so did you hate her because of the character or did you hate her because of the actual actress or the tone of the voice or the, or the no, actual? No, I think, I think for- if you hate her because of what, how conniving she was, then she did a great job. No, I no, you're right. I think I think I did hate her, and maybe and maybe it was because maybe the writing was brilliant on it and the concept was brilliant on it. I think I think I hated her uh, her character more than anything. Yeah. The character, you I know, you feel that it shouldn't have because I, I pick characters that I feel should not be in the scenes, like it should not be here. You no, I can I, mean? like, I could I could totally do without her. Right. <laughs> That's my point. That's my I point. mean, there's two different things, right? Like, like, uh, uh, we love to hate Khan. 
Yes, but I love I, to hate Gold Ducat. Yeah, but it's not to me. It's not. See, it's not that way with me because even though Khan is 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 a villain, I love Khan. And so do I. I, I could watch Khan all day because right. first, you know, because uh, yeah, he's brilliantly portrayed. But he, I just think he's the perfect antagonist to Kirk. I think it it, right. it works beautifully. Same thing with right. Gold Ducat. I think I love Gold Ducat, even though he's a villain. But I, I love the way he comes across. Right. This person, you know, maybe it's the we, undertones. We uh, yeah. My I, wife and I, we watched <laughs> these people, and when she came, when she, the way she would talk to, to you know, to even to to Cisco, we would, you know, we would just be like, oh god, she's so annoying. Like, oh. Yeah. But I liked the fact that um, I liked her in the sense that when she came on, I knew. She was going to be challenged. Somebody right. was going to challenge her, which was right. what she hated the most because she wanted to be received like yes. Pope. You know right, I mean? exactly. It's like you are not. Right. And and Kira told her numerous times. So did Cisco. You know, you ain't nothing. You know, and and they made sure that. And so she could not take that. That was like her her thing, and that made her even more evil and more covert. Yeah, and to me, I don't know. She and maybe it's maybe what she represents to me, and you know, I think I think to me she represents a kind of like a pushing of you want to call it religion or the lifestyle or whatever it is on these people. Like you know, take me, look at me, and you need to do this, and you need to be this way. And I'm not a guy, you know, I'm not I'm not a religious guy. I'm very honest about it, you know, but I respect it. But right. don't try to force me to be that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And 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 paint yourself as holier than now when you're really not. Right. You know what I mean? So but again, I'll go back again. Now, brilliantly portrayed by a uh, yes. uh, Louise Fletcher, I believe. Fletcher, yeah. Um, she, again, she did her job. Her job was to come in and be completely annoying and be be completely covert and be uh uh you know say nice things stab you in the back always and always condescending in her tone in her in her demeanor yes my child oh my child you do not understand the power you will never be a kai you know that kind of thing right and that just like oh you know so but again that's fine you can say that but then but then if i ever see is she still alive uh, I'm not sure, actually. I can check. Oh, I was going to say that if she was alive and if I happen to see her and punch her in the face, <laughs> don't, you know, don't say anything because <laughs> not that I'm condoning violence. I'm just, it's a joke. No violence here. This is a non-violent show. Non-violent show. Um, yeah, I, don't, I can't, I can't. Open well, it. anyway, that's just, I was just curious. But but, I'll find out anyway. But, but uh, I think she is, though. I think she is because we would have uh, heard about it. Right. And we're always in the world of Star Trek. So mm -hmm. I would have heard. But um, but yeah, okay. That's a, I yeah. mean, that's a good one because I, I do understand we hated her. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we hated yeah. the character, right? Not not the fact that she was there. Right. You know what no, I mean? I, I it's hate a little both. bit. Yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> now this. So is my number. Where are we now? Number We're three. Number number three. Okay, so my number three. I think. <laughs> hey, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show it because. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could I could understand that in in the first season. No, I could understand it in the first season because the whole, oh my god, the pain, the pain, the, all that crap. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that, I, that started it for me. But I, I can remember, get rid of that. The first, but, and, 
I, I barely watched the first and second season. I think I right. watched them through once. Right. And uh, and then it got things got things woke up season three and on. But um, <laughs> here's the thing about <laughs> that I, that I could not. It's first of all, she's she's the the counselor, right? So I get it. She's beautiful. So, She's a, oh, she's gorgeous. You know, there's nothing, she's, you know, gorgeous. Um, but everything is, um, so how do you feel about that? She's a counselor. And how did that make you feel? And, uh, and I'm just like, you know what? The, 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 the cycle babble every single episode, whenever she's in a scene, I was like, can you just be? And I think in later episodes, she was a little bit more just being. Cause then she, you know, with her Riker and that whole thing. But I think for for most of the episodes, when I saw her have a seat with the card, and he crosses legs and he starts telling his story, and she starts, I get it. But I mean, this is like a starship. They are traveling through space at a gazillion miles an hour, encountering like aliens being shot at. You got to deal with the Borg. You got to deal with all these different entities. And you have to be more stronger in your mind that you have to have a counselor on the bridge. It's like me being a captain of a ship and I bring like my, my, my therapist to sit next to me because I, it's hard for me. Sometimes I get a little sensitive, you know, and I just, I cannot deal with it. I cannot deal with it. To me, it's like Captain Kirk. You think Captain Kirk is going to sit down with Deanna? He'd be like, uh, could you just get undressed and meet me in the next room? Cause <laughs> I have no time for this, but I will make time for that. Um, but no, I, I just, I could not, I couldn't, I, it was hard for me to sit through all the counseling sessions. That's all I meant. That's all I'm saying. I didn't think that the, that, that a captain of a starship, maybe if they would have made her in charge of like the crew where, you know, she would be, and she does, she's in charge of the whole, the whole ship, but maybe that would have been, but to be the senior officers, and I know that everyone needs help. Now, when nobody is is above needing help, you know what I mean? But to show it so much, you know what I mean? And to just illustrate it and to make it part of the of the whole narrative of, of episodes, it's, it's, I just felt it was way too much, too much counseling. And, well, don't you think that he expected, you know, I mean, the guy can figure things out on his own. He's, he's, had to fight the Borg for the love of God. You know what I mean? You, you think that these conversations, I, I think he just liked her. But first of all, how is he going to deal with, how is he going to deal with the PTSD after the Borg? Yeah. <laughs> got, all exactly. right. That's number one. Exactly okay. Right. But, like, but, but here's the thing. Okay. Here, I, you, and you have valid points, but I think it's, you also have to re re remember the time. Okay. Captain Kirk, if, Captain Kirk's time was like, the way we dealt with things in the 60s okay think about how you dealt uh, with it. how how people service members people dealt with things in the 60s you know you were you dealt with it you were right. hard you were you know now how do people deal with things they bring their emotional support animal on a plane right okay right and i and i agree with that but i think that it's representative of the time because i think that they they dealt with things differently in those starships at that time. I think a counselor, they 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 thought was needed, 
on those types of things. Because remember, it's not only a starship full of full of of people who are in the military. You have families on that ship. Right, right. You have parents and kids on that ship. Right. Also. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be that position on the ship. Uh huh. Well, but yeah, but you're kind of saying that. You, but that's but that's her job. If she doesn't do no. that, what is she? What else is she going to do? Why is she on the bridge if she's got a whole? Sh- she's got thousands of people that are on. Because she 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 has to make sure everybody on the bridge is okay too. She's going to go around giving you neck massages and. <laughs> have you taken your Have you taken your your your, your lithium today? Um, you know, I mean, but if you look at the time of the '60s and you look at the time even today and in, in the '80s when things got you know, you look at, we were just talking about this at, at dinner. You taught you a 15 year old girl that uh, my, my daughter was uh, studying about. I can't remember her name now, but she opened up a school at the age of 15. She was educating children. She was 15 years old. Right. You know, we look at people and this was a long time ago, like a hundred years ago. Right. You look at people from that generation, a 15 year old, a hundred years ago was a man. Right. Had to right. deal with stuff. Right. The environment did not allow you to be soft. Right. 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 And now as time went on, we got more knowledge about, you know, the human mind, spirituality, connecting communication, which I totally agree with mm-hmm. the whole, the whole process of that. If you look at the 12 steps of AA, mm-hmm. you know, those 12 steps, totally, totally on board with those right. things. Right. Those are exactly right. So as time went on, people were more accepting of having that as, as be okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But not for someone who's in the military, they have their own person that they go to, not on the battlefield. Because when you're on the battlefield, you, you're you in the battlefield. You can't suddenly just be like, oh, the board, what should I do? And you have the, your support system right there next to you. It just seems like it's too close to be in, in that space. You know, I mean, we have people that actually do have military experience. They come back, they've seen horrific things. Mm-hmm. They need to sit right. down with someone 100 percent you know right. what i mean as long right. as there's no medication i agree 100 percent with the sitting down and dealing with those emotional right. uh scars right that are there mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. people for life right right um and i've spoken to to people that have that have been there um but for me you know yeah you know you know firsthand too you know those me those conversations that you've had you know it's like you can't just go to sleep you know it's like when you sleep, sometimes those things hit you. No, I com- listen. I completely agree. I, I mean, I, I, I listen. I had to bury a dad who was in Vietnam. I had decorated right. with two purple hearts who was shot in Vietnam. Okay, exactly. and and he's exactly. dealt with the ultimate in stuff. And I, and I and not that I don't agree with you. I completely agree with you. My thing with her character again was, I think they did it well enough. In I and again in the beginning, like the first. First season or so, I, right, right. I, I could have gotten we're rid of her. About I, character but if, but, in, but in but in character development, I think they developed her enough where, and they gave her enough to do. I think where it warranted her being compassionate in those times where she needed to be compassionate. I think, I think she was a good sounding board for Jean Luc. I think you know, I think he needed. I I, I don't think Jean Luc was a, a really a strong guy, in my opinion, as a captain. I, mean, I don't think he was. I don't think he he was not a Captain Kirk. I think Jean Luc was a guy who who tried to be, but I think at you know down the line he needed somebody. And I think right. you know even Crusher, he 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 sat with Crusher many times and talked about stuff too. Right. So right. I just I just feel that you know I liked her character. I think that you know, and I think that the sitting down sessions to me actually I I found them refreshing, but that's just me. Yeah. But you know. 
well, you know, weakness. Um, <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think Keith had something, and she was hot. And she was definitely hot, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, they should have made her more like the counselor in and Star Trek Continues, oh, which it, which no, and I, you know what, and I agree with that. And I told Vic, uh, Vic Mignana that if if you watch our 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 interview with him, I said that he didn't overuse the counselor uh, character as I remember that we, we talked about that. as Star Trek right. Next Generation did. That's so right. you know, even though yes, he, he only had her one. on. Right, he but her she, because, yeah, which but was, she wasn't she wasn't overdone. Now he only had what seven or eight episodes to do it in, but right, but still, it wasn't. He did it in a very tasteful way. Right, so I, I agree, agree. I agree, and I also think that um, <clears throat> she's hot, but but she's hot. Yeah, <laughs> I just um, like looking at her too. So no, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yes. I mean, when she's That's on camera, she's just stunning. You yes. know what I mean? And and she was in the uh, uh, the Orville. You know. Um, mm -hmm. And she was beautiful there. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just a beautiful woman. Um, but I, and again, it's not nothing to do with the actress either. You know, right. none of these have to do with the actors, right? Mm -hmm. The actors are the top of the line actors. But the use of her, I thought, was not there. It shouldn't be on the bridge, sitting right next to number one. You got the, you know, you got the the um, science officers. You got everybody on, on the bridge. And then you have therapists sitting next to you. <laughs> For who holds, by the way, who holds the rank of lieutenant commander? She holds that rank. That's fine, but she should be in the office. Okay. Wow. She be in the office. That's, <laughs> jo that's John Henry Soto <laughs> at uh, protonmail.com. <laughs> I'm still catching up on the last week's episode. I can't remember what I said, but. Um, so what, um, what are we up to? We're up to. Uh, two? Oh, you're up to number two. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's, let's... This one is probably going to surprise you. Really? All right. Yes. It's my. <laughs> Picard. <laughs> Captain Picard. No. My number two is Charles Tucker the third, also known as Trip oh, from Trip. Enterprise. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm gonna tell you why I want to stab him in the face. <laughs> no, that's a little harsh. Um, I, I don't, I never liked his character from the beginning of Enterprise to the end. I know they kind of killed him off at the end, but I never liked his character from the beginning of the end because, you know, I, I get it. He was like, he was very good at his mechanics and, and his engineering and stuff like that. But they, first of all, walking around with the captain, captain, what are we going to do? Captain. Yeah, that yeah. used, him saying, used to dry, it was like yeah. nails on a chalkboard for me. Okay, they, were... I, they tried to make him like this homegrown southern guy. It was like a, but it was a dumb guy, really. Kind of like, yeah, there he is. You know, again, nothing against the actor Connor Trenier. Oh, no. He was he was a very good actor and everything, but the character himself, just like this dumb guy, the 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 relationship that they put him with to Paul completely to me, I just didn't get. Yeah. I did not get, you know, not that I, not that I loved all the characters on Enterprise anyway. They were they were okay to me, yeah. but I just didn't. I just didn't. Um, he didn't work for me yeah. as an engineer, and and his relationship with the Paul just didn't work for me at all. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that one. That one doesn't surprise me it, it, because I actually enjoyed Trip and his performance and with, with his friend Reed when they got into right. the, all these these things. Um, and there was one episode where they were trapped in a, in a, I think it was a shuttlecraft and I think it was running out of air. Yeah. So yeah. Great episode. I mean, mm -hmm. that was a great episode. Mm -hmm. It was very suspenseful. Um, I can't remember who directed that, but I, I was, I remember 
specifically looking for the director because it was a great, great episode. Um, and it was really well written too. But um, the one thing that always bothered me was, was that, that accent. Yes. It, it, yeah. It and I think that was part of it for me I too. I mean, I get that we have, but we have how many, how many centuries? You know, 300 well, but, years? Or, yeah. Remember, this was before Kirk and all Kirk, those guys, so right? We're looking at what? 200, 250 yeah, yeah, yeah. years, you know? I mean, I suppose you can have accents that, you know, but I mean, to go through the whole thing and to be such a, a commanding presence and to be the engineer of the first Star Trek, you know, uh, the first Enterprise to go out, that accent was a little uh, uh, unnecessary, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think, think the actor, the actor didn't, doesn't even talk that way in real life. No, I, I think they I think they overdid it. I think it didn't it didn't come across as real to me. I think he just, you know, I just think I think if they would have made him talk regular, like let's say how he, he talks, I don't know, he could have an English accent for all I know, but I'm just saying that, yeah. you know, but if they would have made him talk really, I think he would have probably I I would have identified with him a little bit more. But that's he's just you know, this, yeah, this kind of ruffian, this ruffian. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know? like why, why did they go that route? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get and it. And then the T'Pol thing, yeah, I, I didn't understand why that happened. I didn't think, um, I didn't think T'Pol should have been with anyone. I agree. You know, I just think that, you know, they're, they're, de they were desperate. I think they were like not really doing as, uh, as well. And I think they yeah. tried. Kind of spice things up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. and they brought that in. And I think that whenever you do that, you ruin it. You know, right. it reminds me of like the '80s with Moonlighting. Remember Bruce Willis? Oh yeah, we. Were, my wife and I were Sybil, talking about that actually. Yeah. Sybil Shepherd, such a great show when it was get when it was just them kind of like sparking each other but not doing anything. As soon as they got as soon together, as they got crazy, together, it was over. It was over, done. The show was over. Yeah, I'm because like, everybody oh, so every, everybody was waiting for that point, and once it happened, it was they were gone. Pointless. Yeah, right? it was pointless. So, um, got a comment here from a gentleman says. They're making some uh they said George, they, you look mad like Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> and for and me, uh, this this person says John, John be looking looking like musty cowboy. I don't even know what that means, but I'll take I'll take at least any, he's not uh, the naked cowboy. I'll take any any uh <laughs> I'll take any insult. <laughs> um this he was also in Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Atlantis. Oh really? That I didn't know. I didn't know that. I mean, I didn't see a lot of Stargate Atlantis. I, I saw some of it, but not. Maybe yeah, I, missed yeah. I, I didn't see know. any of it. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. So I, I, I I'm not uh, totally surprised by that one because of that. Because I've always thought of that too. I yeah. like the character, you know, and I liked, you know, the stuff that he did. Um, but I can, but that part of it was a, a little bit. Uh, yeah. All right. So where are we? Number two. Number two. Your number two. Uh, so my number two is. Oh, Kess. Kess. <laughs> really? Yeah. Kess, uh, Jennifer Lee, Lean, I believe. Jennifer Lean, yeah. Lean. Um, and I felt nothing for this for this character. Really? She was beautiful. Yeah. She was nice to look at, beautiful eyes, stunning eyes. Um, but I felt whenever she came on, there was just this... There was this... <laughs> There was this nothing there. It was sort of like uh, yeah, Pulaski. Uh, like Pulaski, I was just gonna say it was sort of like that where yeah, it just didn't fit for me. It, it I needed more. And then she was with um, you know her, her Neelix. Uh, uh, Neelix, who's way over the top and yeah, you know yeah. much more uh, uh, dramatic and uh, you know um, what's his word boisterous. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she was just this subdued kind of like 
nothing. And they, they wrote her off, you know, I think uh, because well, she, because of that, you know, fans were just like not really that much into her. It was, she didn't bring anything. And I don't think it was her fault. I don't, I think they didn't give her enough to do. You right, know, they didn't give right. her stuff. And, um, you know, there was some of the, I've read articles also. I know she had some issues also off set. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Personal life and stuff. Um, so I don't know if she was going through stuff there, but uh, as far as the director is concerned and, you know, what, uh, the writers, you know, you got to give somebody something, you know what I mean? You know, and, and I just thought that maybe, maybe if she had had more time, mm-hmm. it would have developed into something that yeah. would have been more interesting. But mm-hmm. I just thought that for the time that she was there, it just put me to sleep. And it reminds me a little, not not really that close to, to it, but when Al Pacino got cast in The Godfather, mm-hmm. he shot his first couple of scenes and he thought he was going to get fired. Right. Because they were just, they looked at it, they just thought he was just too bland. He wasn't mm-hmm. really putting any emotion in. But he was consciously doing that because he just got back from the military. He knew his character better than the than even even Coppola did, right? Mm-hmm. And he knew like he was what he was talking about, or at least what in his vision. Mm-hmm. But he thought he was going to get fired. Right. So the thing that saved him was when they went, the, the, you know, the scene you've seen, The Godfather, right? Yes. In the in the restaurant when he has to kill the two guys, the right? Guy, yeah. The cop. Right. <clears throat> and right after that scene, everybody loved him because he 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 put the intensity in his eyes and they knew what was building there. And he was like, Oh, that's what he's doing. Then they got it. You know what I mean? But the studio wanted to get rid of him. You know what I mean? So sometimes if you're given enough time and you get that one scene that that's really written extremely well, and it's it's shot extremely well with a lot of intensity, you may have the opportunity to wake that character up and show people, no, I was this way because of this. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and now mm-hmm. here I'm coming up, you know. So that was another uh, uh, thing. Well, it's interesting. She's like two years old or something or three years old. Yeah, yeah. She only lives till like, well, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. to me, I mean, she didn't come across to me as annoying. And that probably the reason why is because they because of the fact that they didn't do a lot with her, I think. Um, now, they tried to do it towards the end when she started studying with a doctor. Right. And and the doctor was training her on how to do things. So they started to give her stuff yeah. to do. I think in the beginning, she didn't really have anything to do. So I agree with I think that. They probably did that for that reason. Right. Right. They so I think character on and she's on, she's on payroll. And I was, what are we going to have her do? Just right. Have her go to the doctor and work with the. Woman. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think I think they probably wrote her on, you know, and they they somehow lost the vision of what she was there to be I in, so. in, initially, I think. Yeah. Now, I, I don't find her as. I don't really find her as annoying. I think she was, she she came across to me as like uh, I don't know why, but um, if you ever see those people who who have meditated for thirty years, and they're like they could practically float across a room and they're very calm and uh, she I, I, she had she has that yeah, vibe that about yoga, her. She was like a yoga. She was yoga. like a yo- yeah. She came you know. So I found that to be a little soothing about her. I I, I actually yeah. liked the way she. Yeah. delivered lines in a very calm soothing way um you know and you know so i did i didn't have any yeah. issue with her but yeah she was she was just not that interesting to me and okay. um, i thought that if she wasn't there that's again this is how i look at these characters like if she wasn't there would there be a hole there that would have to be filled by someone else no i, I agree no. well and then and think about it i mean if she if she had never left we would never have seven of nine 
Right. Well, actually, it's funny because Keith just mentioned that Voyager was not getting very good ratings, so they got rid of her and replaced her with Seven of Nine. And when Seven of Nine came on, then then there was so much attention paid to Seven of Nine that that they had a yeah that it became an issue even with uh, Kate Mulgrew because you know at that point she was getting a lot of attention. All of a sudden, it shifted and there was like tension there. So, but that happens with uh, with these shows. Yeah, you know what I mean, it happens. Yeah. You know, these these characters become uh, larger than life. You know, um, exactly when they weren't really expected to do that. Right. Um, all right. So, where are we up to now? Number one. Number one. Number one. All right. So, number one. My all right. So, one. so my oh, number yeah, one. Your turn. My number one. <laughs> I was gonna just put mine up. Nice. My number one, of course, is probably not any any uh, surprise. But, um, and I'm actually going to lump two and two out of three, really, but two into number one, and that's Rom and Nog. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the whole freaking Ferengi universe. Yeah. The whole universe. Okay. Yeah. But I don't get it. I don't understand it. Now, I understand that when the Ferengis, when we talked, you talked a little bit about it, but when the Ferengis first came on Next Generation, they were actually supposed to be a big villain. They right. were they were supposed to be the initial uh, thing with them was they were going to be as ruthless as the Klingons and the Romulans and that type of thing, but when you see how they first came on, they were like these little guys and they were all you know running around. And it was yeah, a whole. Right. They, there's no way you could take them seriously. No. It's just no way. Okay, and I and I think that's the reason why they never became really serious villains. Number yeah. one. Yeah, I think but, I think also, you know, you make these characters a certain way, but when you make them that ugly. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like right. seriously, like that repulsive. You know what I mean? Just, I, no, I agree. It was, it I agree. Like over the top on how bad they looked. No, I agree. And then, and then you you couple that with Rom was the ultimate in the buffoon as far as buffoon, right? He was the yeah. idiot of the but whole he, thing. But he, was but, but, he but yeah, like and, and you see, and th- that drove me. Oh, oh that's, wait, that's, that's Quark. That's Quark. Sorry. <laughs> I, and I actually, I actually don't like have it. an issue with Quark though. But I, I'll explain that in a minute. But there's, it, a, there's Nog. By the way, Nog. just kudos to the, uh, the gentleman um, Ira Eisenberg who played Nog. He passed away, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, it was he was yeah. very good in in the role. Yeah. Um, but as far as character wise, every time Rom or Nog, I know Nog was supposed to be the bad influence on Jake, right? When he first came on. And then he was like the troublemaker and he would, you know, get involved in all these crazy things. And then all of a sudden he becomes a, you know, all of a sudden now I want to go into Starfleet. Right. He completely turns around. Now they have to give him, I don't know if it was because they wanted to completely change his way of doing things or whatever case may be. And there goes Rom. But, you know, Rom would have this little spurt of, of brilliance for two seconds, come out with something and then go back to being an idiot. Right. You know, I didn't like that. I, 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 to me, I could, I didn't like him being abused all all the time either by. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was abused, but the, the, you know, and again, deep space nine to me was you have that seriousness of the show and the, you know, the same thing as you, like you thought about Luaxana, I kind of think about the way these characters were, you have this seriousness where they're, you know, and all of a sudden they cut to Nog and Rom and and these guys. And it's like, Oh, oh," you know, the create, didn't didn't do anything for me i could have you know now quark i the the only thing i could say just really quick about quark is that at least quark was there was a seriousness to him um because he was the straight man of the group right right and he he actually gave good advice in in many situations yeah so i could take quark because you know but the other two 
I could do without them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Keith makes a point. But he did get himself a hot chick. Yeah, and that to me was not believable at all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not even like the it guy looks, had a ton of money. Like, my wife is tall, beautiful. Yeah, but I, I understand the big fat guy that's like a multimillionaire and he, you know, he's ugly, but he gets the, the chick. But right. I mean, this guy didn't even have that. Right. <laughs> well, let me just say about the, the, the Ferengis. The the reason that, that, that Quark did better and got more uh, likable was because he had a lot of time. He had a lot of time to develop. Right. You know, we talk about that in right. uh, if he was just the same kind of thing for the seven seasons, it was just it was going to be one of the most hated characters ever. Right. But he developed. Right. He did. He had ethics at times. You mm -hmm. know, he did things that he knew he um, you find out later on that he did a lot more good than bad. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which goes against Ferengi stuff. You're not supposed to do good things, which is, again, going back to what I said earlier about a culture like that will not survive. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I did like, you know, I did like Nog. Um, he developed into a, a Starfleet. You know, he, he became a Starfleet officer. He was on the bridge, you know, he of the Defiant. He was actually became a really good captain. And I think he developed to be more of a, of a I actually liked him a lot. Rom, I just felt bad for him because he was always the butt of everybody's joke and Quark just like always ripped him a new one, you know, brothers and stuff, but it was just really uh, annoying. But again, all these, all of them, great performances, all great actors, but the, that whole, that whole Ferengi world could go and I would be yeah. fine. Yeah. I or agree. bring them back and change their appearances a little bit and make yeah. them a little bit more softer yeah. And not as grotesque because it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just felt that it was just way too much. Like, like Rom getting that chick was just doesn't, doesn't, yeah, it fly. doesn't, no, you know, no. just doesn't fly. No, I agree. Um, let me see. I got, uh, my, I got a comment here. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's as if, uh, nothing makes sense anymore. I've tried my best and I've lost my faith of heart. Not sure what, oh yeah, I read this earlier. Um, this feeling of disbelief. Can someone please tell me why I'm on season three of Star Trek Discovery and it's horrible. I keep trying one more episode, but it's full of useless crying and love relationships. Please make it stop. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I, I can't argue with that. I, know, I can't I argue. I, I think they lost their way. Yeah. I think they don't know what to do. Um, yeah. I don't, they're not doing Star Trek. That's no, they're not. They're not. The they're thing not. Is if you go back to the original series or not even the original series if you go back to the original purpose go read gene rottenberry's stuff you know what i mean read that vision and make the shows based on that right you know what i'm saying like that that's where it's that's where that that's why all the series became most of the series became a success but yeah. if you veer off because you're trying to to appease uh a, a please is that the right word appease appease if you're trying to appease uh millennials yeah. Well, I think, I think, yeah, no, and you're right. I, they're I trying think to get the, the young people. They're trying to get the, well, like, well, that was, that. well, that was the whole JJ Abrams thing, right? Right. He, he tried he to pay money. Right. right. But, but that was, but the special effects, but, but the, he, but the whole thing, if you look at that Star Trek and again, some people hate it, some people love it. But if you look at that Star Trek, the way it was done, it was to appease the young folks, right? Very fast paced. You know, Star Trek was never a fast paced thing. No, Star Trek was, you know, yeah. had, had its, 
you know, had its scenes, but it was designed to be in a was, cerebral thing. It was, and it was also character study. Yes, you know, it was character yes. driven right. first, you know, and then adventure. Exactly, Not adventure, and then let's just throw some people in there. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the whole, the whole. I mean, this is not, Burnham and her whispering and crying. Yeah. You know, no. And you're. You know what? In in and, and it's funny. We're going off on discovery now. But <laughs> but the whole point is Michael Nick Burnham. Michael yeah. Burnham in the first season specifically, I couldn't stand her. Yeah. She was like, I mean, like, shut up, shut yeah. up already. You know. Now she's a rebel against everything. She wants to. You know. She wants to fight everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I and you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think Anson Mount and and uh, the guy who played Spock and that whole thing. I think the reason why they did that was because they realized that they were going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I think that they saved it for that season specifically because yeah. of that. But I think now they, now they don't have anything to save. And now it. they don't have anything to save it. And I think that eventually Discovery will fall now we're off. Strange New Worlds. And I think Strange New Worlds will kind of go backwards. And I think Strange New Worlds will appear to the Star Trek, the the real like the Star Trek fan. I don't think it's going to try to go more millennial type. I think it's actually going to appeal yeah. to the older fans. I hope so. I hope so because so. a lot of the older fans bring their children to this, so that's their new fans. You know? Exactly. Like my, right. my kids know about Star Trek and stuff. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So where are we? Where are you are your number one. Oh, your number one are all Ferengis. Yes. Um, <laughs> so my number one is. No. Wait, wow. That's a surprise to me. Really? That is a surprise to me. Yeah. I, 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 I disagree on that. I, yeah. Totally. I could not stand anyone that walked up to that bar. And I just really? thought to myself, here we are. We're gonna get some wisdom of an amazing, and she's gonna just completely blow everyone's mind with her amazing wisdom, which sometimes wasn't even that wise. It was like, listen, roses are red, but violets are blue, and they're like, thanks. I remember that. <laughs> I am just not. But that's there. that's her. But her race was a race of listeners. Her race was the type of race that right, that, right. That that, that like Soren was, was Soren was part of her race, right? And yeah, and they were. She she had this wisdom about her where she she I mean she had almost like a um, a Yoda type of vibe that's to what her. They made that's what they, they made her like a Yoda, and I and yeah. I completely bought it. I I loved it. I thought yeah, she was. I, I, I thought I she was perfect. I think that she wasn't overdone. I think that she was inserted very well. I mean, she wasn't in every single episode, but she was in a lot of them. She was but, in a lot of episodes. I did not feel. I did not feel that it was again. You know, I, I maybe it's something with me with the with the counselors. You're just against counselors. I think I that's what it is. Counselors. You just don't like counselors. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I just realized it. Um, <laughs> there are any counselors out there? Doctor. John Henry Soto at protonmail.com. Um, <laughs> um, no, I just felt that it was that the scenes would resolve nothing. They resolve what you could already. Okay. Here's the thing. And maybe it's because, uh, because I, I, I studied stuff a lot, you know, like script, you know, uh, um, culture, right. Mm -hmm. People who write scripts, the arcs of scripts, you know, right, how things right. are pie pieced together and all that stuff. And I understand, like, if you watch an episode of Law and Order, right, you know, at about 42 minutes, they're going to find out, they're going to get that big clue of who possibly did it. But there's it, a right? formula to it. There's a formula. 
her speeches, her scenes were formula to me. We, I knew that when they were going there, why the guy was going there, I knew she was going to be there. I knew she was going to say words or her wisdom that was going to resolve the thing that we already knew that he needs to, that he or she needed to handle before they even went to her, before they even had this conversation. So it, it, they put it in, they squeezed it in to have a moment of, first of all, Whoopi Goldberg, one of the greatest actresses ever. Um, she did a great performance here. I mean, nothing you know against her. And not, again, like I say all the time, nothing against any of these actors, right? Um, but the the scenes were very very predictable to me. I mean, tremendously predictable to me. There was some some stuff in Star Trek, like, especially Deep Space Nine, with uh, when I see Cisco having a conversation with Norris or or with Odo or something. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's right. really surprising to me. When right. Gold Dukat comes in and has a conversation with with uh, Cisco, I have no idea what's going to happen. I'm surprised by it. You know what I mean? I am going to be surprised. Yeah, but that's uh, like when, when I go into when I see a scene that I think, oh, this, they're putting this here because she this person needs some type of counseling, and because she's the one that does this, they're going to put her in this is where they're going to put that little section that you have to put into the episodes. This is where they're going to put her in to get to to do that one section. But you know? will you? I mean, that's like saying. I don't ever want to see when Luke Skywalker goes to Yoda because I know what Yoda's going to tell him. I mean, no, that doesn't surprise everybody. Yoda, no, but not the, not always though, and not always because if you if you look, he was playing a buffoon. He wasn't even like yes, not to be. Yoda. I understand that. I understand that. But so, we, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he was going to what was right. he going to do? Make him realize something that we all knew, right? right that but was again. His, we're looking at a film, a, a two two hour film, two hour films. Right where where he was in, but his his development, Yoda's development was much more interesting. He said things backwards. He was <laughs> his 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 uh, advice came in 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 really open and airy metaphors that you had to really try to figure out. It was very very. Her stuff was not like that. No, I great, think it, see, I like, didn't look at I didn't look at it that way. I like I liked her character because I liked the fact that she was that there was a little bit something extraordinary about her, but slightly. There was a little bit something... Um, well, that's her generation or her culture. Right, but I right, but I, I thought... So they, I, I, found that I, I found that completely interesting. I thought, I thought that those scenes where she knew what was going on, where she knew, where she could figure something out, and, and, you know, and completely nobody else knew what was going on, but she knew it. Like she can feel it. That's what it was. Right. Like she, she could feel something feel going yeah, on. She's an, she's an empath. So. She's an empath. Right. So yeah. she could feel those things, even though Count, um, Counselor Troy was a, was a different type. But what I'm saying is right. I found her more believable to me than Counselor Troy. Yeah. So I, I just found that interesting. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. stuff like that. I, I, I mean, think it's a little, know, you I think it adds to it. If you want to go to a bar, you want to get some some uh, some words of wisdom from someone. Go to Cork. <laughs> he's not only gonna he's not only gonna he's gonna entertain you. He's gonna make you laugh. And he's gonna tell you just get your ass out of here and just do this thing, you know. <laughs> because that that to me really is the bottom line. I'd rather go. To, it's hard I'd... for me to 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 put my head around the fact that these starship captains are are. Uh, Starfleet officers, highly decorated Starfleet officers, had to go, and we're you know, and and we're we're positioned with this. Remember, Whoopi um, petitioned to be, to be in Star, Star Trek. Trek. You know, right. what I mean, she fought her butt 
they had to give her something. She couldn't do a lot because she still was doing movies, right. but she had to do these certain scenes. So I can just imagine. Oh, I, I'm I'm 100 sure that the writers are sitting in there knowing that Whoopi has to be in this episode. Where are we going to put her in? And they had to write an episode with a wisdom based around the film. I mean, based around the episode. And that's what they and that's how they had to do it. And so everything you can you can probably go to YouTube right now, and I bet you if you take out and you Google all her wisdoms, I bet you there's one video with all of them lined up back to back. And I bet you each one is very formula. And I can show you each one will probably be about the same amount, three minutes to four minutes, the longer scenes, obviously, not the shorter scenes, but the longer scenes would probably be maybe five to six minutes, and it'll all be the same kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I think I I just I couldn't do it every time I she Every time somebody went out to that went to that bar, I would just I would go fast forward. I was like, I don't care what you're gonna say. It's not gonna okay. change the outcome of what this character is gonna be involved in because he only went there because they needed to fill this slot. That's my opinion. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I could use some counseling. Tell you that yes, I, I think so. Actually, let me help uh, you, John. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I disagree. I disagree with that. I would sit with her. You know, I would sit with her. No, you're you're too. No, you're too strong. You're too manly. You don't you don't sit with counselors. Let me tell you about nothing. Nothing bothers John. In the South Bronx, one day I was walking. (laughs) You know, maybe if maybe if maybe if Jean Luc Picard would have grown up in the South Bronx, maybe he wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have to have talk to Guinan or Troy or anybody. But maybe he would go down in his damn away. Maybe he would go down in his damn away missions and not stay up there like a wimp. That's true. You know what I mean? I hated that part, by the way. Again, there you go. I mean, that annoyed maybe, me. Maybe, maybe one of the reasons why he doesn't go down there is because she's sitting next to him. He's got his therapist there. She's probably like, "You don't want to go down there right now, yo. You want to stay up here where it's safe. Don't you think it's safe? Send Riker. He's an idiot. <laughs> if he gets killed, who cares? Who cares? You know, I mean, he's just a number one. We'll get another number one. All right. All right. So anyway, so that's our list. Wow. For whatever it's worth. We went longer than last week. Jesus. You know, we're really trying, guys. If anybody's still on here, God bless you. I appreciate yeah. you. And thank you so much for contributing. We got a lot of uh comments. And by the way, I think we were just I think we were just a, a noted um we were just told that we were the most annoying podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the five most annoying podcasts. <laughs> Number one is a counterpoint. <laughs> Oh, um, all right, so let's do our trivia and let's get out of here. If anybody okay. knows the answer to this, tell so, it again. So, the, so uh, at the beginning of the show, I asked you, um, the gentleman, the actor who was offered the role of Mr. Spock in the 1960s before Leonard Nimoy was. Now, John is going to have, uh, or if anybody first has it, you know, chime in now. Uh, and John, I think, is going to try to guess. Buddy Epson. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh, Lou Grant. <laughs> um, um, I feel that it was... Um, oh God, I can't remember his name. It's with an L. It was in a movie with, with, um, with Jim Carrey. He did a film with Jim Carrey called The Majestic. It was a great film. I'll give you some hints. He was also in TV shows of that time. And uh, he was in some movies, yes. Um, Well known, but very well known for playing characters in those TV shows. Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. I can't remember his name now. Ah, 
Uh, he was also in a sci-fi show too. It's got to be him. I just can't remember his freaking name. Then that doesn't count, John. I know. <laughs> Give me one second. I know we've already gone long. Oh, he's going to Google it now? No, no, no. I just want to get the actors. I, mean, I know the actor. I just can't remember his name. Okay, was it Martin Landau? Correct. Really? Very good, John. Very good. Well done. Oh man, I I knew it was I I just couldn't remember his name. I knew he Martin was Landau. Who, I love that movie. Who uh, who didn't do Star Trek because he was doing um, Mission Impossible, uh, and also ended up doing Space nineteen ninety nine, which was a wow. sci fi uh, show. Uh, awesome actor. Yeah, and, he, was, uh, he was great. Yeah. So yeah, so I, think I can't that's remember that. who it was. Um, Casey McDougal, who's a friend of mine, she's been in mm -hmm. some films with me. She actually worked with him, right? right oh, now, really? Because he passed away right long ago, but she worked with him. Uh, she had that's some, awesome, it was pretty awesome. Cool, all right, folks. Well, listen, um, we're gonna <laughs> just say from now on, our, our show is about an hour and a half, and we're just gonna take it from there. We appreciate anybody who's stuck around. We love you. We will be back next week. We have a guest next week, which is um, um, Riley. Amy Amy Rydell. Amy Rydell. <laughs> I got to get that going. Um, Amy Rydell will be here next week, and uh, she's uh, uh, she was in – well, we'll talk about her. Very exciting to talk to her and stuff about Star Trek. So we'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a wonderful week ahead. Take care of yourselves. God bless. And as always, peace.